The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We'll see how it goes, but I've, um, that's what I've got scheduled for them. We'll just we'll play, play here from there. So and I, It's gone good. I, again, just on the offensive side, just getting the one offensive line, a couple reps, that's what I'm looking at. And, and then on the defensive side, uh, just making sure we're, we got all the kicks knocked out there, um, which uh, I'm feeling pretty good about right now. So. Uh, he drives me nuts a little bit. He really does, to be honest. He knows it. Um, you know, I like to see him catch it and keep the ball tight to his body. You know, he doesn't do that. Uh, I like to see him get north or south. He doesn't do that. And finally, we are back on this Friday. And it is show and BK uh, on the Chiefs, as we do it every Friday. Cert is in the building. BK is here. And uh, I, I'm jumping right into it, man. No, uh, no poor play here. I'm getting right into it. Uh, I don't want any of that. I, I'm jumping right into the nasty. And I just, I just want to say this. And I know many Chiefs fans listening to this. I may be alone on the island. Sometimes I sit on that island by myself. But I am really, I really have a ton of respect for the delusion of Demarcus Robinson. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. When I heard Dave Tobe lose his mind this week, when he talked about he drives them nuts and he, he, and he can't really trust him, basically what Dave said. I don't trust him. He may be the best make-you-miss guy. But really, Dave said, DeMarcus is an idiot who is insubordinate and doesn't do anything that I ask him to do. That's harsh. He said he drives me crazy. Come on. He said he drives me crazy, and he consistently doesn't carry the ball like I've asked him to. He said, he said, I talked to him about ball security, and he repeatedly doesn't do it. As I paraphrase and said what Dave really wanted to say, this dude is insubordinate, and he doesn't follow my directions, and it, it just blatantly doesn't do it. You know, because I first saw it. I said, oh, so he's just – that's why I tweeted this out from the game, BK. I said, Demarcus Robinson – does not have enough clout to be able to carry the ball like that and just run around. Does he not remember what happened with LaShawn McCoy? He does not have enough to just be able to go carry the ball like a loaf of bread like he wants to. And I didn't believe he did. And now when we see what Dave Tobe said about him, you know he met him on that sideline the first time he returned that punt and said, hey, come on now, tighten up on that ball security. What did – what did Demarcus do the next time he came back? Got that thing. 
He came back and said, got to be me, coach. That's how I envisioned it went. Hey, got to be me, coach. And went out there and did it again. It's so delusional that he thinks he's that good he can do it. I damn near respect it. DeMarcus is nuts. The thing that I love most about DeMarcus Robinson is that DeMarcus Robinson is on this roster. Think about this for a second. Because he's a guy they can trust. Like, that is actually why he's on the Chiefs. DeMarcus Robinson is going into year six as a Kansas City Chiefs player. You believe that. You believe he's on this roster because he's a guy they could trust. I've heard the BS yes. about. I've yes. heard the BS yes. about he knows the play. But you, you honestly think that. 100% the reason why he is on the Chiefs this year is because they believe he will be at the right place at the right time. And he has chemistry with their starting quarterback, who happens to be the best player in the NFL and one of the best players in the history of football. Like, that's why he's on the Chiefs, full stop. And they're not wrong. Like, Demarcus Robinson is a perfectly fine wide receiver. He's not a great player, but he's a guy that is going to block his butt off. He's going to give you effort on every play. He seems to, more often than not at this point in his career, run the right route at the right time. He has the right side adjustments, and he's on the same page as his quarterback. And yet, at the same time, he's also one of the guys that I feel like is most likely to be like doing something wild on the football field at any given time. So he is both the most reliable player they could have in that spot and also the least reliable player they could have in the in that spot at the same time. It's a, it's a crazy... Uh, orthodoxy, but hey, man, Demarcus Robinson, he he takes up a special place in Chiefs fans' hearts. That's why they call him Honey Thunder 14. <laughs> or no, he's Honey Thunder 11 now. He's Honey Thunder yeah, he 11. He had to give up 14 to yeah, say he had to give it up. He had to, no, I, I listen, I completely I, I disagree on the thought that they that they trust him in real life. They may say that. They may say that. The reason why this Joker is on this team is the reason why several people are on this team. The reason why number 12 is on this team. The reason why DeMarcus is on this team still, because they can find guys to screw things up the way he does. They've had guys here that could go and do the the marginal stuff that he does. And I'm not saying he's not bad, and I think he can help this team. But they're but they could like Byron Pringle can do the things that he does. We've been we've been seeing it. He's got a relationship with Pat Mahomes in a way that Pat just holds up for him. And he's got that relationship, and Pat's like, I'll handle him. That's, that's why he's still here, because Andy Reid cannot stand people who don't, who don't know what they're doing and just are going to go against what you've asked him to do. You know they have sat down and had conversations with him about his ball security. And he repeatedly goes and against it right after they've had that conversation. Like, either... One thing can be true, or, or, or both things can be true. I think he is very delusional about how good he is and how and, and, and how much clout he has on this team. But two, I think he also knows I ain't going nowhere as long as I keep 15 loving me, as long as I keep Pat loving me. That's why Garrett Dieter's over there can just do whatever he wants to do because he's not going nowhere because as long as Pat wants to be here. Pat and him have a good relationship. He's one of the boys, and he ain't going nowhere. So there, that's why he can go and just tell, all right, Dave, I'll do it. I'll carry it this time. And then go back out there and do what DeMarcus want to do because Pat has his back. 
That's why he's here. They can't trust him. He has not, he does not do things to make you trust him. He does not do things to make you say there's no there's reliable number eleven. No, he doesn't. Reliable is Pat. I got it. All right. Well, you better have him because they would have cut his ass a long time ago. Byron Byron Pringle could do what he exactly what that cat's doing. I don't know, man. Um, Demarcus Robinson's probably their best blocking wide receiver on this roster, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but. It's true. They could find blockers. I, I know, but if they could find one as good as Demarcus Robinson at this point, they probably would have, right? And yet here we are in year six. This is not year two. This is not year three. And to your point, like he ain't changing. This is who Demarcus Robinson is. He's not going to carry the ball differently in year seven or eight or nine than he did in year three, four, or five. This is who he's going to be. And there's going to be some frustrations that come along with that. There's going to be some moments where you're like, could could you just be normal? Like, could you just do the things that like your typical number four receiver would do on any other team? And the answer is no. Uh, Demarcus Robinson is a different cat. And that's both why he's successful and why he's so unbelievably frustrating for this team. But he's guaranteed a roster spot. I no, mean, he, he's... he's No, he's, JJ, he's J.R. Smith. He yeah. just does... He does whatever he wants because LeBron wants him there. LeBron, LeBron wants him there. So JR feels, you know what? I could jack up 18 shots if I want to because, hell, the king is who I'm with. As long as I keep him happy and keep him loving me, I'm good. I know hell, he's, a, he's a good blocking wide receiver. Yes, you mean to tell me you don't think they could not have found somebody, probably even a cheaper option, that could have found somebody that does what he – you remember when they signed DeMarcus? to a longer contract to make it like he still was messing up. He still was screwing up. Like how did he what did he do to get that contract? Pat. Pat's what he did to get that contract. Oh, I he's mean, been he here longer than that though. He's been here longer than Pat. Like it, it, it's not just Pat. I think people on this coaching staff like him. I think that was Dave Tobe who saying who? Andy. I think I got to get this him. I oh, got to get this out. I got to get this out there in the world. So people know how frustrating DeMarcus Robinson is for me because every coaching staff member absolutely loves him. And he's out here year six, not listening to a damn thing that I'm saying. That was Dave Tobe just saying, I got to put this out in the world. I'm going for it. I don't care if DeMarcus gets mad. He won't, he won't listen to anything that I'm saying. That was Dave Tobe just feeling yes. himself a big oh, frustration. Dave's not the only coach. He does it too. You know, he's not, he's everybody. Listen, Andy's only put up with one receiving idiot, and that's T.O. But the, but 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 T.O. You got to put up with him, right? Hell, okay, he's put up with Travis yeah, when Freddie Travis, Mitchell. Yeah, Fred, but Freddie. Also, and, and Freddie I mean, was ex, Freddie was eccentric. He knew also, the plays. DeMar what DeMarcus is Marcus Robinson? Demarcus is nothing compared to T.O. Demarcus is just. All right, man, if you're going to keep doing stuff, we're just not going to play you. Marcus <laughs> like, is just flighty. No, he's no, just flighty. No, he's not only just flighty, and he also doesn't know the plays sometimes. Like, he's yeah, it's flighty. It's, it's all of it's all of Freddie knew the plays. Freddie was just eh, like, it was, you know, weird. He yeah. had bad hair. But, like, like the reason why they're going to put up with this is because got to keep 15 happy. 15 said, I'll take care of him. He'll take care of him. Yeah. I don't care if I were. Come on, man, dude. You know, you know they grabbed him and talked to him. Hey, come on now, hold on to that ball. Ball security. He came right out there and said, mm, 
Double birds, do what I want to do. <laughs> I think he's got a bracelet on his wrist that says, what would DeMarcus do? And he, and he touched it. Like, I think he's, he's, he's going to convince himself to run a punt back all the way, holding the football like that, without, just in traffic. He wants to do it. I, I mean, because he doesn't have a care. You don't do that if you think your job's on the line. He don't have a care. I think he's just a cool dude. I think he's just a cool dude. He's one of those people that everybody just wants to hang out with. You ever, you ever watch? Just a cool cat. You ever watch Byron Pringle's ball security? Top notch. <laughs> Top notch. And that's and that's the difference, Ron. Is that one of them is really cool, and I like. I want to be very clear here. <laughs> yeah. I like Byron Pringle. One of them thinks their job's on the line. The other the cool one knows factor, it's, not. it's a little different. It's a little different. <laughs> um, and by the way, I think both of them are completely safe. If we're gonna like expand, I was gonna the say we've been hearing a little that. bit. I was gonna say we've been hearing that I, he's not getting cut. Who? No. Demarcus is it? No, right? No, 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 no. no. You, I think your top three receivers right now are Tyreek one, Hardman two. We can talk about that if you want to. Robinson three. That's Byron Pringle, Pring- obviously. Byron yeah, Pringle yeah. four. And then the question is, like, who's going to be five and six? Yeah, cause I think because because Sean, like, they're not going to cut him and keep Sean Kemp. <laughs> Sean Sean Kemp, right, man? Mar- Marcus much rather be Sean. I mean, I just hell. I mean, he's. I think Marcus Kemp's got a players. I think he's got a really good chance of making this roster. Yeah, and yeah, I love him as much as I love D Rob. I think. No, I, well, the, his best chance is he's he's got to keep. Uh, Dave Tobe loves him yeah. some. Sean no, Dave's going to fight for him. Yeah, he'll fight it, hard. And he he gets certain roster spots. Like we know how this works: right, wrong, and different. There's certain spots that Dave Tobe is able to take. Yeah, I so, think Rain Man will make it too. I, I think you're going to see Tyree Cardman, Robinson Pringle guaranteed. I'm just going to blow right past that. I think uh, Marcus Kemp is guaranteed a roster spot. I think that that's going to be one of those that's like, hey, he he's my protected list. We're not getting rid of him. He's going to be one of my gunners. I think I, yeah, team- I think I I literally I think Dave Tobe would draw the line in the sand and quit. <laughs> would threaten to quit over if Marcus Sean Kemp, Kemp wasn't available. I think he would threaten. Now look, you just wait just a damn minute. All right, I just I here I'm out. I am out if I don't get Marcus Kemp. I don't. I mean Sean Kemp. I am out. If I don't get him, sorry. I don't know Go if ahead. it's that far, but I know they love Marcus Kemp. And by the way, I, I really like Marcus does. Kemp. Super nice guy, and he's gotten better offensively, not I just like special me. teams wise. Offensively, every year that he's been there, I remember two years ago being at camp and be like, "Man, Marcus Kemp might have an offensive role for this team yeah, because okay. he got so much better." Um, okay, I think you like Marcus Kemp. There's no way you really like Marcus Kemp. Like I like guy, having Marcus Kemp strong. on the roster. I think he's a helpful player to have. Okay. Um. But it's going to come down to, do you go with Cornell Powell or my boy? Let me repeat that. My boy, Darice Fountain, uh, who looked awesome once again last week, donning the number we'll 82. Such a baller. We'll, we'll see if he gonna, has a chance. I think that's going to be the decision. I think this week it really could be like a week three preseason decision of, are we keeping Powell or Fountain and it very well may come down to what those two do in the game this week. They've never cut a Brett Veach draft pick in the year yeah. in which that player was selected. So it tie goes to that player. 
Fountain's got to have another big week for him to be was able to that, this Oh, roster. so you're right. So, Brett Veach. So, when they did when they did in the corner, that was Dorsey. Kavari was, Russell. Yeah, Kavari Russell, the third-round pick they drafted. And just, was that – that was Dorsey. Because I know was Andy Dorsey. was here during that. That was Dorsey, yeah. I, yeah, that'd be surprising. Um, you would think that they still want to take a look at at the young guy. I mean, they draft him in the fifth round. I mean, you – I mean, not to say that you're going to find players in the fifth round, but, I mean, that's still – that's still something you you spend and you think, all right, I want to see something more than a than a training camp. So I wonder surprising. if they could sneak him onto the practice squad because he's done nothing really in the preseason. So it it, it wouldn't be a real shock if, if they, they could. if they do if they do they probably wait to the very end to cut him. So mm-hmm. it, it you know he'd have to go through once and people just can't can't pick him up. Well. Oh. And, and I don't think like I think when they drafted him they liked his athletic profile and thought like. Oh, this guy could be, you know, a practice squad player or a, a bottom of the roster type of player. And then Defoe just came out of nowhere in the preseason and just balled game after game. I'm sure he's going to ball on Friday against the Minnesota Vikings. I, he's just making just, plays left and right. They can't get they, they, they can't make excuses about it. They just have to put that guy on. And he answered his own. Defoe. I mean, the kid's got a chance. All right. He's put himself in a position where he has a chance. Defoe. Uh, we'll see. Stop it. Serta, he's he's trying to be, he's begging for you to answer him. And you won't. He Serta's not picking this up. Has not picked it up. Oh, uh, he kept answering himself. So I thought that was like Well, his no, thing. he kept answering himself because you left him on the toilet out by himself with no one would answer Defoe. God dog. There we right. go. It's like that's like a sad Missouri fan. M I Z. All right. <laughs> no one out there. I'll do it myself. Z O U. I mean, it, come on. Jeez. Hey. God, dog. Read something. Read something. Quit reading hey. the way that. Ron, I want to make this very clear. You're not allowed on the Durry's Fountain bandwagon. You don't get. You don't get to tell me what I'm allowed to do. You got Serta out here reading. You got Serta out here reading you like Anthony Hitchens would. It's just <laughs> he's been excellent in the preseason. Slander is completely excellent. unfair. No, I'm, it's not. It is They're, the the job that Steve Spagnuolo is doing in spite of him is absolutely insane. Good God, man! Could are you in? Look any any heavier? I jumped on the train last week. Let's go. Let's go. Are you going to have a run in, in the regular season? Let's I, do it. Let's do it. Listen, I you know I may I may talk about him later. Okay, I I, I may I may talk about him later. Okay. I, I you know I, as I said, I think the young man has put himself in a situation where he's got a chance to make this team, a realistic ch- chance to make this team. And you know who's you not know, making this team, Ron? Who? Taco Charlton. Yeah, man, that is. I ain't gonna lie to you, BK. And Serta, pick this up. Stay with us, Serta. I ain't gonna lie to you. That that one I'm shocked about. I I I'm not shocked that he didn't make the team, but I am I am surprised that he didn't get to 80. That like it, you know, if he got cut, that he didn't make it to all the preseason games that he got to pick. He didn't get, I mean, he got the second cut he didn't make. He didn't make it past the second cut. And my thing is. You know, they. I, I've heard them all say this, and you know, Andy is gracious 
while he cuts you and and and, and ruins your life. Um, him and and Steve Spagnola said he texted him earlier this week. I'm sure Taco really enjoyed that. Um, but they all said, "Boy, he'll catch on to another team. He'll he'll play in the NFL, and he may." But y'all asses didn't want him. And listen, I I think this is a position of need, a position where they've needed. You don't know what the hell's going on with Frank Clark, and you don't know you know what's going on. You got a lot of young guys that aren't proven yet. Now I think you got a lot of young guys that they really like, but just young guys that you know don't have like the back of the baseball card that are proven. You don't have a ton of experience in your pass rushing group behind uh, Chris Jones, who's playing like a psychopath and in a good way and Frank Clark. And you would have thought the next guy that, that would be, that would be taco Charlton. And to me, I look at this man as much as as nice as they are saying, he may make another team. This is on, this is on taco Charlton, like on him. He just wasn't good enough. He's, he's just not good enough. And this is a position of need. We were just talking about the receivers, BK. This isn't a situation like that, in my opinion, where, man, you just got a stacked group of guys there that have experience, that know the offense, that know everything in there that, you know, some of these guys are up against. Taco Charlton was there. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo said he hit him up saying, you helped us win the AFC championship game last year. He's been around. He knows the system, knows the expectation. He couldn't make it to cut 80. Like he couldn't make it past that. Uh, to me, you know, I hope he finds work, but this was on him. Uh, he they, he had every opportunity to make this team and he just wasn't good enough. We have very different takeaways from this. Um, Sexy. Surprisingly enough, I came away from this being like, wow, this is more confirmation of what we've seen in the preseason. What we've seen in the preseason must be also being shown down at training camp right now because I said last week, I think we talked about this. I don't remember if it was on air or off. I wasn't sure Okafor was going to be able to make this roster. And the reason was because we haven't really seen him in the preseason do a whole lot. And you're I thought this see... would have been Okafor too. I would have thought this would have been Okafor before Taco Charlton. And I think they trust Okafor more than they trust uh, Charlton. And the reason why that's important is because, like you mentioned, Chris Jones has been awesome. They're not doing anything with Frank Clark. He'll be here. Mike Deanna has been amazing so far in Mike Dan has been very good there so far go. in the preseason. Kando has been exactly what I expected him to be. He looks like a specimen out there who needs a little bit of work. So that, that's been promising. And then you've seen moments, flashes from Tim Ward in this preseason. He's shown some real ability to be able to get after the pass rusher. I think he has, or after the passer rather, I think he has two sacks already in the preseason. And Demoni Harris, we've seen do it in the regular season. I think you're going to have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Okafor, Dana, Kando, and then one of either Tim Ward or Damone Harris on this roster this year. That's a really good defensive end group, man. I mean, you look at that, it is super deep. And that's not to include the fact that they've got Jaron Reed, Derek Noddy, Colin Saunders, who looks like everything we expected him to be when he was drafted in the third round, and Tershawn Wharton, who looks unbelievable right now for the Chiefs and looks like he's going to earn himself a role in their nickel or dime package as a legit pass rusher on the inside. Chris Jones might not be kicking inside as much as I expected him to because of Tershawn Wharton. So the reason why I bring that up, I think this was a situation where it was either Charlton or Okafor. One of those veterans that's on a one-year deal was going to be able to make this roster because the young guys stepped up in a way that I certainly didn't anticipate. And I don't think the Chiefs were pre prepared for either. I, I, I 
I hear that, and 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 obviously this came to a point where guys move past him. But that's the thing. First off, if if it's between Taco Charlton and Alex, don't have a pass rush move Okafor, the you got to win that one. I mean, you got to if it's between you two, Taco Charlton, a former first round pick who's younger than he is, who was on the team last year. You got to win that battle. Like you got to win that veteran battle between you and Okafor. Hell, he wasn't even playing. We wouldn't. Even, we didn't even see him a lot. So that's why I'm saying it's on him. And, sure. and and I do think, like where they cut him. I mean, it wasn't even a. It wasn't even a real decision. I mean, if you're doing it right now, like they didn't even say, "All right, man, we need another week to see this." See, They're, I, I mean, think I think they're actually being. I know this is risky to do is take them at their word i actually think they're right in that they cut him early to a give him an opportunity and b to give their younger guys an opportunity if you knew taco charlton wasn't making this team now and you were going to take okafor over him there's no need to take this another week and give him reps that you could otherwise give to ward and harris when they're the ones that are actually battling for that last roster spot that's what i'm saying bk they already knew now <laughs> like that's how like you didn't taco charlton to me you have opportunity it's it's got to be better than this they can't know right now before the second cut they, at that point they already knew we're taking like we've seen enough huh. that okafor if we're going to choose if, it, if, if we're going to say it the way that bk is saying it which i think is a, a fair assessment of the thinking one of these veterans are going to make it because we don't want to unload these young guys and they already knew right now, hell, they didn't even need another week to see. All right, maybe. And, and it's not like Okafor's been lighting the world on fire. Like, if Okafor was out there playing like Dana, that's one thing. All right, we know it. He ain't been lighting the world on fire. And they already knew now. that To me, Taco Charles had every opportunity to make this team at a position that, especially coming into camp, was a shaky position that I would say he probably had the upper hand like if we if we talked about this when training camp started and said, "Hey, Taco Charlton's not going to make make it to to cut eighty, we'd have been like, "Hold on, what?" And he didn't make it to cut eighty. I, yeah, I, I, but I mean, he he is a former first round pick, but like he's already you know been cut and been on a second team. So like at this point, he is a guy who looks like he wasn't worthy of a first round pick in that regard. So I agree that it is kind of on him, but I also think there's something to what BK was saying about, I think the chiefs like taco and they, you know, he was coming off an injury last year. They liked what they saw out of him. They wanted to give him an opportunity to try to land with another team. I also think that they thought some of these younger guys were rotational depth, you know, like the Rakeem Nunez roaches type of players that they've had in the past. We're like, these guys can come in and get you a sack every now and then. It's just not a guy you want on an every down basis. And the way they've looked in the preseason, I think they've been overwhelmed with like how good these guys have looked. Turk Wharton has been incredible. He's looked like a force. Like he's a guy that can be a legitimate contributor for you. And if you think, you know, your interior is Jaron Reed, Chris Jones, you can bump Chris Jones outside. You can put Turk Wharton in. you can put Tim Wharton. you can put, Kando, when you can put all these guys in, like that's a formidable rotation that can challenge everybody, especially if Chris Jones is just out here playing like he's the defensive player of the year, which is what he's done so far in the preseason. 
No, I, I hear you. I just saying Taco's got a like to me. It's on Taco not that he couldn't win one of those battles, and not that he couldn't not just that he couldn't win one of those battles, but the decision was pretty easy. I mean, they they there's there's still two more cuts after this one. The decision was pretty easy. They knew already right now. He didn't even make it to their last preseason game. That that's just that's just you know my thing. We'll see if he catches on, but I, I, that, that, that's on that's on Taco to me. All right, uh, we got a game Friday. We got a game tonight. Later on tonight, the uh, uh, the the Chiefs will take on the uh, as Serta said it. I don't know why you said Minnesota Vikings that way, but the way you said Minnesota Vikings, like with such a, I don't know, I don't Minnesota know Vikings. Was, the way you said it, it was like I don't know if it was Pat Summerall or something that got inside you, but the way you said minnesota vikings earlier it's just it's really the minnesota vikings <laughs> there it is like you just smoked a cigarette which you probably did um but they take on the vikings later on the day and our offensive keys offensive keys this week this is the final preseason game and andy's talking about uh the starters are going to play a half feels like maybe a quarter whatever i disagree with three of the players he's starting but whatever he's gonna do what he's gonna do he's a hall of famer but if I were to think of uh, one of my my top keys in this game, PK, and I know many people are going to go crazy, and I just want you to listen to my words. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. Now, listen, I'm not worried. All right, I'm not concerned. I still think he's the best quarterback in the game. But he was off last week. He he, he was off. I think I think he would say it. I mean, Byron Pringle had to had to. Make a catch I still don't think was a legal catch, but he had to make a catch that there's an easy in his sleep throw for Patrick Mahomes, which he was just off. I think he missed Hardman a couple of times in the end zone on on, on balls that he generally throw throws that he's able to make in his sleep. He was just high outside and off. And there's two weeks before the season, and you you would just you would just hope if since since Andy's going to put the ones out there and put him out there that he starts to potentially look closer to regular season form. And I, and I think he will uh, once the regular season gets there. It's just you would like his last outing on the field to just look like the Pat Mahomes that we're used to seeing. As I said, I'm not worried, but I am watching. Like, I'm not tripping he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in preseason. But I, I just want to see him look more like himself heading into, into uh, to week one against the Browns. I didn't have a whole lot of issues with the way that Mahomes played last week. I thought it was more of a Hardman issue than a Mahomes issue. Uh, I think he wasn't the only person he was missing, but whatever. He kind of was. But for whatever reason, that connection just has not been where it needs to be so far. And I want to put this caveat out there. Very well may change when the regular season comes around. And I think they're going to have some stuff schemed up for Hardman that will make it a little easier for McColl to get involved in the game plan, especially early in games. And hopefully that helps his confidence. And then you get him more involved as you continue going. That being said, so far it's been a problem and they need to get that figured out. But I'm with you, Mahomes. It'd be nice to see one more week of him performing at a high level before you get into regular season action. And a big way that they can do that is by getting McCole Hardman going. If they can get that connection going, I think they're going to be a okay. Yeah, and and you thought it was just Hardman. I mean, I I thought he was off on on, on other plays too. But however you want to put it, 
McCole Hardman was in the end zone with separation, and Pat Mahomes generally makes those throws. I don't, I don't know what happened. I, he generally makes those throws. You know, I mean, the, the backup, whatever his damn name is. Henny or Bouchard? Yeah, Chad Henny was able to, to, to make connections with guys out there. It just, he was just a little off, and you, you just hope he doesn't follow that up. Not once again. I can hear people right now, right now listening. Once again, I'm not saying this is a problem or something that I'm concerned with or, oh, my God, he needs to – I'm just saying if he's going to play and Andy's going to run him in there and this is the dress rehearsal, you'd like to see them be more together, right? And I understand the part you're scheming. It looked like on purpose they weren't throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey, but they were just making him play for some reason. So I understand that. And then Tyreek just wasn't playing. So I understand that. But I'd just like to see Pat – a little bit, little bit more on, and he's the best player, and he's the best player in the world. And I have high expectations for the best player in the world. And if he has receivers running open in the end zone, especially even if it's McCole Hardman, I have expectations that he makes those throws and not miss two touchdown passes on one drive. That's uh, that's the other one. All right, the other one is the battle at number two running back, and this is this is interesting to me because I think most people. I think Daryl Williams is the is the guy, but BK and bo- hell, both of you, you guys seem to be tag team partners on a lot of these things. You think uh, you don't think Daryl Williams football guy? Yeah, I just think BK okay. smart man. Yeah, okay. Um, but 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 you all think that that Daryl Williams not necessarily going to be the number two back? So I've been really impressed by what we've seen thus far um, from Jarek McKinnon. I didn't know what he had left in the tank. He's had a lot of injury issues in the past, and he may not be over that. When we get into the regular season, that may become an issue again, and that's one of the reasons why you need to have a guy like Daryl Williams on this roster. But he's shown when he's healthy, he's explosive, and he can bring some of the things to this offense that you saw with Damian Williams previously. They kind of profile as similar players. Damian Williams was not very efficient, but he was super explosive and you'd have that 90 yard run, which would make it look like he ran for four and a half yards of carry. But if you did the median instead of the mean, like how many carries did he have that were three yards or fewer? It wasn't great for Damian Williams. That's kind of how Jarek McKinnon is as a player. And he's really good in the passing game. I think he's one of the guys to watch in this final preseason game for the chiefs, because if he has another good performance and he continues to stack up these good performances, both in in training camp and in these games, I think he very well could be your third down back. Maybe not every third down, but the high leverage ones where you're in the red zone or it's third and five and they've got something schemed up for the running back. I think McKinnon, not Daryl Williams, very well could be the guy that comes into the game in those situations. McKinnon's getting a little bit of hype, both locally and nationally, and I think there's good reason for it. He's been a really underrated pickup for them, and I'm interested to see how they decide to use him once we get into the regular season. I didn't actually realize that he was already 29 years old. Like It, it feels like he hasn't really been in the league for that long, but when you think about like his entire time with the 49ers, he had successful years with the Minnesota Vikings, signed a pretty good-sized contract with the 49ers, and was just injured the entire time that he played for them. And so there's a lot of tread that he didn't put on the tires during his time with the 49ers. I know he was active for him last year, but he was, when he was healthy, he was always an exceptional pass catching running back. 
I don't think he's anything really more than that. He's not a guy that you're going to give a lot of carries to, but if we're taking Clyde off the field in third down situations, I think Jarek McKinnon is an exceptional pass catching back. And I think he should be more involved if he's healthy than Daryl Williams. Like I think he just supplies more upside than Daryl Williams does. And, and see, this is why I disagree. Even though Daryl Williams is clearly the most unattractive of the group, I mean, by a long shot, I mean, he's just, he is just rough on the eyes. Good luck, ladies. <laughs> uh, even though it is the clear Darryl case. Down. What'd you say? He's mowing Daryl down <laughs> for some reason. Well, he just wasn't blessed in that angle. Uh, I'm sorry. And he knows it. But uh, I still think there is a, a deal of, Andy and that crew trust him. I think they trust Daryl Williams. And I think he mixes more into when Clyde will be off the field. See, I, I think when you say McKinney is a McKinnon is a third round back, a third a third down back, I think that's where I think that's when you want Clyde on the field. Like I think that's going to be when you want Clyde on the field. And when you want Clyde off, it's probably going to be in some sort of power situation where you're trying to get more beef or trying to get short yardage or trying and I think Clyde could do that too but when he comes off then I think Daryl Williams will he will be the change of pace to what Clyde does as opposed to to McKinnon I think he does a little bit more of the same at a lesser version than what Clyde does and I think when you want to change a pace the change of pace will be Daryl Williams and I think they really trust him like I, I, I think they trust him in a big way, and and I don't know if if, if McKinnon has earned that yet. So you know, I th- that would be my thing is I think McKinnon is going to be doing a similar things that that you would want Clyde. Like I wouldn't want to take Clyde off the field because I think he's better at those things than McKinnon is. I do too. I don't know if the coaching staff does though, because last really? year on every third down. Even when Clyde was completely healthy, it was Daryl Williams. And I was hoping that that would change this year. But then we got into the start of the preseason. And I know preseason isn't 100% indicative of these things, but the Chiefs tend to play it straight for the most part, at least role-wise. I think they were going to go with that again, where it was either Daryl Williams or Jarek McKinnon that was coming in on third downs. I disagree with that. I would rather see Clyde in those situations. I do think he's a good pass catcher, but... I don't know if it's his pass blocking. I, I, I don't know what, what it is. It I, I would think that's what it was as a rookie last year, that there was a, a probably a level of trust issue with him in pass pro. I think that's generally you see that with rookies. That's the last thing that comes along with them. Yeah. Because they would do that with Kareem Hunt as a rookie. Kareem Hunt would come out on third downs because they weren't so, so positive about him being able to protect Pat. So, or I mean, Alex Smith, excuse me. So I think that was, I think that may be a part of it. We'll see if there's a different this, this year. Cause I mean, I think Clyde's the best third down back on the team. And I think Clyde's the best running back on the team. <laughs> I'm with you. And he better be because he took him in the first round. Yeah. Like that, that's why you take a guy in the first round is because he's a three down back who can help you on first, second and third, which is the most valuable spot that you can help a team. So I hope that that's the way that they utilize him. And he is the best guy for that job. I just don't know if the coaches view it that way. And if they don't, I think Jarek McKinnon, maybe not Daryl Williams, the way that we've seen in the past, is going to be the guy that ends up helping them in those spots. And I don't want Chiefs fans to be surprised when that happens, because that is quite a role reversal for those two guys compared to what we were maybe anticipating. 
All right, our first, that's our three keys is Pat Mahomes looking looking like Pat Mahomes and uh Jerick McKinney. Can he uh can he be the number two back? And the third one uh that I'm I'm gonna be watching for is um my guy. My guy. Um I'm here for the default love, man. I I I am here. Um this young man has uh, has really fought to get to this to this space and you know and I've I've put every as a viewer, every obstacle in his way. Uh, and he's been able to run right through them. And I'm, I'm team Defoe, baby. Uh, and, and, and I can't wait to watch him again this week to see if he can really put it away to get himself a roster spot, even have to fight through uh, a guy like Garrick Dieter, who he clearly deserves to be on this team over, but we know Garrick has a special spot, but he clearly deserves to be on this team over. But I am, uh, and as I was from the beginning, I am Team Defoe all day long. That's the third thing I'm watching for, baby. Woo! D! Bo! You really think I'm just going to let you get away with this? I'm just finishing off under the call. D! You're just going to tweet it out. You're just going to like hashtag it now. I click you've been, been on the train from the get-go. What? You ain't been here with me in the gym? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? What? I'm here. That's my third key, baby. I can't. 8-2, man. 8-2 was giving him that business. I mean, you know, it was crazy to watch him in that uniform and his whole look. It reminded me of Debo. Like, it reminded me of Dwayne Bow, with the exception of going to the Sonic. We already talked about this, and you completely (laughs) disagreed with it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I am team eight two. I mean, he makes it look good, man. And I hope he doesn't change that number when he makes this team. When he makes this team, because I'm behind you. When he makes this team, he's gonna have a big effort. Uh, I, I see seventy to a hundred yards this week. Um, I hope it'd be nice if he can maybe sneak in a little something. I don't know if he's ever caught a pass from Pat Mahomes, but it'd be nice to see if he could. But that's the, that's one of the things I'm looking for, baby. Did you, did you see the the timing routes that he was running across the middle? The stuff Big man, in the he's able to, he's able to make that catch and take a hit. Yeah, Boy, yeah. Like, you know, actually making like athletic plays, not just running past people. Pos- possession catches. Yeah, like it, it's there's something strong, wrong with is there chain movers wrong with running past people. Strong hands. You know, he can go up and get the football over people, which is like what you need in a number two wide receiver. Avoiding hey. contact as you go across the middle. Hey, like all of these things Serta. are very important for number two wide receivers. Serta and VK, you don't have to tell me. I'm with you. I'm and I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you gotta preach. I mean, you preach to our listeners. There may be some out there who don't believe. But you might as well turn it around and jump on and believe. I know I do. Defo. All day, baby, eight two in the house. I can't wait. I can't wait. In what? all seriousness, this guy needs to make the roster. If Garrick Dieter keeps him from making this team, oh, uh, Dieter's Dieter's not the problem. Dieter is not making this roster. Dieter's practice squad. He'll get cut and then go straight to the you better. Therese Fountain deserves to make this team over Cornell Powell. There, there is no argument otherwise, other than simply the fact that one of them was drafted and the other was not. But if you've just simply watched the two play in preseason, and I haven't been up there in training camp, full disclosure, but everything that I've heard from people who have been up there, 
is that Fountain has been better at training camp than Powell as well. And maybe there's something behind the scenes where they really like the way that Powell works and they believe that he's going to be a great player and they're super worried about losing him on waivers. Like there's other things that I understand go into this contract status. It's all stuff that you have to pay attention to. But if you're just simply trying to assemble, and for the Chiefs in 2021, this kind of is the the deal. If you're trying to assemble the best roster to make you a championship caliber team, Darius Fountain is the guy that makes you a better team in 2021 than Cornell Powell. And if Cornell Powell in 2023 or 24 is the difference between you winning or losing, then something's gone horribly wrong in 2023 or 2024. I like Cornell Powell. I was happy when he was drafted by the Chiefs. Darius Fountain has earned his spot on this team if he puts together another good game on uh, on Friday night. Well, Fountain definitely won't make it through waivers. I mean, I and he won't make it through to be able to try to stick him back on the practice squad. Somebody shown will, too much will pick him up. Uh, so, I like to me is if like me, I think he's probably especially at the receiver position. You know what you got with Sean Kemp. I think he's shown more than Sean Kemp. I would keep him over. Sean slash Marcus Kemp. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, the, he tried to sneak a jersey change on us. It didn't help. It's just you still look just like the same old Sean Kemp that you have been. But I, but no, I like. Yeah, he's he's shown to be on this team and, and and have a chance to be on this team. And right now, you would have to lean towards he should be. Like right now, you would have to lean towards that, and that's where I've been. The whole way. Uh, Let me put it yeah. another way, real quick. Entire if, time. <laughs> Team if, if we get to week five, all day. I'm just going to power through. If we get to week five and McCole Hardman, for whatever reason, and there's no way this happens, but you know, just in case, if McCole Hardman is not locking it down in that number two receiver role, when why he's do out- you have to use it and run down McCole Hardman? There, there are there are several other spots that could not be locked no, down. Prior to. No, I don't. I don't care if he's got Jeff Schwartz's tweet on his Instagram avatar. He has done nothing to make me think that he's the number two guy. Again, you'll understand here in a second. If McColl yes. doesn't lock down that outside receiver spot three, four, five weeks into the season, the first guy that I would like to see get opportunities in that spot is Darius Fountain. Over Demarcus Robinson because I think I know what Demarcus Robinson is. Over Byron Pringle, because Byron Pringle, I think, is a perfectly adequate player. I'm happy that he's on the Chiefs roster, and I do think he has a little bit of upside. But Fountain is the guy that fits that role. And I know this is kind of typecasting, but if you're watching the Chiefs and you watch what he does, it makes sense. Opposite of Tyreek Hill, he makes sense over there. He's physical. He's big. He's pretty athletic. He's not like a burner, but he's pretty athletic. He's definitely explosive at the catch point. I would like to see him get opportunities. And if I'm saying that about him, I absolutely think he deserves to make this roster. Yeah. I don't know if we're, we're at that point. I think he deserves at this point to make the roster. I don't know that he deserves to be jumping up like that. So I, I don't know, but I am. You, you would take Robinson and Pringle over him right now. Yeah, I I, I would. I trust them right now over them. And you know, I think I the team would too, but I would just disagree with that. You know, how I feel about the Marcus. Welcome back into the show and BKTs. Uh, is that really the name that we decided on? I I, I don't know. I, I, I need your guys' input on this. I, I guess if you really want, you could leave us a five-star review. And 
offer up some names, or you could tweet at me at Steven Serta. We can come up with a couple of different names. Maybe it's like Steve's Fantasy Minute or Steve's Corner or, or, or something like that. I feel like there should be more alliteration there. We can figure that out later. Um, I've been talking about fantasy a lot in these little pocket shows that I've been doing for you guys that I'm still not convinced Ron the Show Hughley even knows that I'm doing. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep this thing rolling because I'm enjoying these as, as much as I hope you guys are enjoying them. This week, I'm not going to talk about fantasy, though. I, I the, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped this week, and obviously I have to talk about it. Uh, I don't know how closely you guys have been following rumors and storylines and all of that stuff over the last year or so, trying to figure out what's next for the MCU. I follow this stuff very closely. I'm very well read up on it. Uh, I talk to people that... I can, and I know a couple of people in the industry that I like to shoot text messages and stuff off to. It's going to be absolutely bananas. Like, there's no other way to describe it. It's going to be absolutely crazy. The trailer was phenomenal. It confirmed a lot of the things that we've been speculating about over the last year or so. I think it's inevitable that we're going to get some type of Sinister Six. There's obviously going to be a Venom Spider-Man crossover, although I don't love the Sony Tom Hardy Venom movies, and I'm in no way excited about Venom Let There Be Carnage. I think it's going to be terrible, just the same way that I thought the first one was going to be terrible, even though I love Tom Hardy. The next Spider-Man is going to be absolutely insane. I cannot wait. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, going to be absolutely insane. Next chapter of the MCU, going to be absolutely insane. I guess we got to get back to show and BK. Uh, they do have their three defensive keys that you should watch on Friday night against the Minnesota Vikings in the Chiefs final preseason game. So we'll get to that right now. All right. Those are our offensive keys. We got, as we talked about, we got a game tonight. Defensive keys. I think that the overall thing for me, BK inserted is. Listen, I'm not I'm not going to let these jokers get me the way that that defense got me in 2004 in the preseason. When they made those moves, they brought in Sean Barber. They brought in all these moves, and they played the Rams on a, on, you know, the good Rams. The good Rams when they had, you know, Marshall Falcon on them. They played them and shut them down in a preseason game and suckered my ass right in. I thought, oh, God, we couldn't stop Peyton Manning last year. That's why we lost. Look at this group. What was it, Kendrell Bell they brought in? I was about to say, they oh, signed Kendrell like, Bell to that big contract. Look at this. And they suckered my, my ass right in. So they're not going to do this to me again. But I want to continue to watch to see if there are more blocks to show. Like, how real is this? Because this defense has been the best part of this team in these preseason games. And this defensive line, you could argue, has been the best unit of, the, of, any, of any unit, offensively, defensively, special teams that they've had thus far up front. And Maybe Chris in Jones, football. Chris Jones is playing like he he wants to stake his claim to be, you know, Mr. Number Two, obviously, Aaron Donald. But, that, but that he's staking his claim like he wants to be that good. I just want to see if there are more blocks of this being real. Because if this is real, then we can pack this thing on up. We don't need to play a season because there's just no way that teams are going to be able to beat the Chiefs if this is the defense they're going to be strolling out there. Well, uh, they've got a pretty good opponent to build something against because the Vikings offense has been atrocious so far in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, they, they have been absolutely terrible. 
If you look at what they did in week one, they got the break speed off of them against the Denver Broncos, 33-6 to in that one. Last week, they scored just 10 points against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, their leading passer was Jake Browning with 82 yards. Their leading rusher was Amir Abdullah with 35 rushing yards. They have not exactly been an offense that's been putting the points on the board to a crazy degree early on. So the Chiefs have every opportunity to be able to do that in this game. I'm with you, though, Ron. I've been super impressed with what they're doing defensively right now. Uh, you, look at what the, you look at that defensive line, that's as deep as we've seen the Chiefs defensive line in years. And it's why, as we talked about earlier today, Taco Charlton didn't even make it through the round of 80 cuts. Uh, you look at what their linebackers have done, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit even more. I have been very impressed with Willie Gay, and I know you don't like him, but Anthony Hitchens has been pretty darn good thus far. I mean, they've been – and really this is a test to all of the other 10 guys out there and the other, you know, 20 guys out there and Steve Spagnuolo and the rest of his coaching staff to be able to do this in spite of 53. I mean, he's carrying down, him to the finish. I he's mean, he's this down is, five or six pounds. Like, he's he's jacked right now. And he's looking <laughs> he's, good. Yeah, and he's getting everybody up. lined up in the right be spot. Able, to be able to do this out here, God bless Tyra Matthew and this crew to be able to do this, to carry this young man uh, to where they have. And they've done it in spite. I mean, listen, you can't be perfect at every position, and obviously they are not. There's one that really jumps out. But I just want to see if this is real. because. What this is, this is top 10 defense, easy worthy, what they're playing. And, and if they're that, say good night. I mean, they, I mean, this, like I said, I mean, that offense, I mean, we said we want to see Patrick Mahomes, but we know they're going to put up points. And if they're going to put up points, and this defense is going to be able to do like this, and that defensive line playing like they do, which the Chiefs offense invites the defensive line to to be you know strong to rush the the, the passer because the team is down they got to throw man but I, I i'm not going to get carried away and understand this is preseason and, and it's vanilla offenses and i'm not going to sit here and just say this is where this is where they're going to be cuz once again we left it out but that secondary looked really good uh in the game as well and i said hold on what so i'm not i, I just want to continue to see if they put things together to show that they're real. Another another one. Go ahead. You got something. I was go about ahead, to go. say, and that, that was despite the fact that they haven't you really used Juan Thornhill with their number one unit just yet. And that's I think that's the next big thing to watch in this game, Ron, because I'm with you. There have been some indications that the whole plan in preseason was just get as many reps as possible for Juan Thornhill. And last week that actually made sense. Because he was in a little bit with the ones and some sub packages. And then he just basically played the rest of the game. So if the plan was, hey, we just got to get this guy as many reps as possible to get him feeling confident again. Okay, I'm here for that. But now it's really regular season time in a lot of ways. Let's see what the ways that they utilize him. And can the pick that he had, can that be the thing that gives him the confidence to kind of sway him right back into Juan Thornhill of 2019? And if he can, that's where you really unlock this defense. And to your point of them being a potential top 10 unit, they need Juan Thornhill at 100% peak capacity to be able to get to that point because he unlocks so many things for what they want to do 
with Tyron Matthew. I'm with that. He he's to me the number two watch, as you said. I think this just is this defense real is the first key. The second one is can Juan Thornhill stack these performances on top of each other? Can he keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting better? I don't care what it is. I think it's weird. I still think it's weird when I see him playing that late into games. Um, when he you thought supposed to be a clear starter at that position. But last week was a okay, he's coming around. Can he stack that against him? And you want to see if he's gonna be starting right off the bat. I think his his uh his usage and when they start to use him is going to be important in this game, right? Right off the bat, is he back there? Like is he is he running with Tyra Matthew Sorensen? Are they like is he out there with the clear ones? I think that's gonna be something really, really interesting to look at to see when they use them. And I know the third one you want to – I know you're looking at Willie Gay. Uh, these, the speed of these linebackers are something. And uh, and Willie Gay, he's been as impressive as any of the linebackers. I've been super impressed with Willie Gay because of the athleticism. Um, he is a guy that just does things that none of their other linebackers basically since we saw Derek Johnson – have been capable of doing. Forget being willing to do, capable of doing. His athleticism is just at a different level. And last year you saw that. He was able to make plays as a result of his athleticism, but his trigger just wasn't there yet. Mentally, he wasn't in the same place that he is right now. And the coaching he staff much is much more comfortable. Much oh, more yeah. comfortable and know what he's doing. Yeah. And the, the coaching staff has talked a lot about that in the press conferences at training camp over the last few days. Uh, they're, they're basically saying like he he's mentally in a completely different place than where he was a year ago. And you're starting to see him. He's physically there. He's mentally there. And that's allowing him to go make plays. So if Willie Gay is really this version of himself and it carries over into the regular season, and he's able to, as you said, with Juan Thornhill, stack another good game on top of that. That's where you know you've really got something. And having a guy like that behind this defensive line, it's a complete game changer. We saw in the uh, Tampa Bay games how important it is to have athletic linebackers. Willie Gay gives the Chiefs that. Yeah, that's that's what you got to have now. He's got to be able to move, cover, all of that stuff. And and you like that, um, especially playing next to who he's playing next to. It, it seems like he's going to be playing next to. You got to have somebody with major speed and athleticism, and, and that makes – since come on Nick Bolton we need you um all right those are the the defensive keys the keys of the game offensive defensive keys to tonight's game as uh the Chiefs take on uh the Vikings real real quick are you are you surprised I mean we know how Andy does these things are you a bit surprised that they are playing their starters which Andy's almost pushing towards a half I think it'll be a quarter but they're playing their starts because there are a lot of teams that aren't. Kyler Murray's not going. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going. The Rams haven't even started. They're not even playing any of their ones. Um, I, I find it interesting a bit in the last pre- – because it's the last preseason game. It seems like the Chiefs are using it as a dress rehearsal, especially when you saw how long Pat and, and Kelsey in particular played in last week's game. Yeah, so – Andy Reid indicated in his press conference earlier this week that he would basically use, he would play this the same way that he normally would. He didn't outright say, yeah, they're going to play the first half. So we'll see. I would probably lean towards like you, Ron. I think they're going to play maybe a quarter, a few drives. Um, But 
I am a little bit surprised by that. I thought they would change up the strategy with the three-week preseason that we're seeing now. I would also say I, I don't think it's by accident that the Chiefs are one of the teams to go ahead and do this. It's basically like them, Tampa Bay, and New England. Old school coaches that have done it in an old school way. And Very it's also, successful teams. Very I was successful about to say, teams. it's no coincidence that these are teams that start out the season hot, right? Sean Tom Brady. Payton's doing it. Sean Payton's doing it. Like these, these teams that have been successful are doing it. You get better at playing football by actually playing football. And I know that's a crazy thing, but I, I get why teams aren't doing it, right? There, there's zero risk of guys getting hurt in these nonsensical games when you don't play. I get that completely. These games do not count. That being said... If you're a team like the Chiefs, where you've got a lot of new guys on the offensive line in particular, you need to coalesce for that to work the way that it's supposed to. There's timing that needs to get down before you can get into the regular season and be at 100%. And with the way the Chiefs schedule lines up, with the Browns in week one, the Ravens week two, Chargers week three, you better be running. You better be ready to go. Otherwise, these teams can come up and get you if you're the Chiefs. I'm surprised more teams aren't playing their guys because i mean they've got two weeks in between these games this isn't generally where it's a week off they got two weeks in between these games i i was i'd be surprised i was kind of surprised that more teams aren't getting these guys some work uh because now many of them may go a month three weeks to a month without playing in a semi close to a real game scenario so Andy, at least at least when you look at it, hell, Bill's doing it, Andy's doing it, Sean Payton's doing it. Uh, I mean, and Bruce, and Bruce Arians. Arians is doing it. That the good world team, champs, good teams are doing it. Yeah, good teams are doing it. The Browns aren't. Um, I don't need. I don't even know if they, they are, but I don't to. think. I don't, They've okay. been crushing it. Shut up, fine. Steve. You don't believe that in your heart. All right, the game that is sweeping the nation. I don't know if Serta has put anything together for this, but he sure as hell should. I didn't know I was supposed to. I'll, I'll send me a text. You've literally told me you were going to do it yourself. You volunteered to do it yeah, yourself. I got, a lot, I got a lot going on. Okay, here we Shoot go. Shoot me a text. You've always, literally, since I've known you, we've been doing this hey, in some form or fashion hey. for six years, and you've always had a lot on your plate. Hey, hey man. Always. Preseason's over. After this week, shoot me a text on Monday or something. I'll get you taken care of. The game right? that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. This week, Jaron Reed, defensive tackle, first year player for the Chiefs. I think a pretty important player for the Chiefs because his play, and we talked about Warden, the way he's emerged, but but especially those two guys. But Reed's play could make you be able to keep Chris Jones on the outside and, and, and be a formidable pass rush coming from uh, the, the Chiefs defensive line. Right now, I have him as an imposter. He's had – listen, he's – I think he's he's got a, a possibility of being a good player. He's shown it before. He's had ten and a half sacks uh, in, this, in this league before, but that was right now from what we've seen an outlier. Right, it, the the last two years he's had one and a half sacks. In the last two years, before the ten sack season, he had two and six. All right, like he's getting a little older. I, I'm not. I, listen, I think he's a good football player, but right now, if I had to put him in a category, I would say imposter. I need to see. I don't know that he's going to be the dominant pass rusher that I think he has before. 
But right now, I would say Jaron Reed, a guy who's had one big-time outlier season, I'd say he's an imposter right now. Okay, that's what I was curious about was what you were judging this on. Like, if we're going just on is he an imposing pass rusher, yeah, maybe he's an imposter in that capacity because I don't think he's a guy that's going to come in and give you eight, nine, ten sacks. I I don't think that's the type of player that he's going to be. I don't think that's the player they're asking him to be, though. I think he can get you three, four, five, six. And I think he is going to be a super effective player from them from the interior. And I think because he's so so much of a consistent quality interior player, that's going to allow them to keep Chris Jones on the outside more often than they expected to. Play Tershawn Wharton more than they expected to be able to. Play Derek Nottie, uh more consistently on the interior, which will help them a lot against the run. I think this team could be a legitimately good run defense this year, which I can't remember the last time that we said that about the Kansas City Chiefs. And Jaron Reed's a big reason why, because his presence allows them to play their best run defense out there. Uh, so I, I'm going certified, but for different reasons. I don't think he is a, a menace from the interior as a pass rusher but I think he's a very good player that's going to help them put their best four up in the front uh, on any given night. Yeah, I, I just I, – I look at it and I think this is going to be a defense that's going to be rushing the passer a lot. I, I think that I think the games are going to lend to that. And if he can be the guy he was a few years ago, I mean, look out. I just don't know if he's going to be that. And I wonder with him, are they going to have to take him out in those – downs and that means they may be kicking Chris Jones back down more I just wonder with that I don't think he's a bad football player I think he's going to be an add to this but I I just from what I think he's been built and I think when I hear a lot of people talk about him and and I'm not including you BK I hear a lot of people talk about him man the push that he can get from the inside and rushing the passer because he's had that 10 and a half sack season I don't know if that I, I don't know that that he's actually I'm I don't know that I'm sold that he will actually be consistently doing that. So. I don't think you're expecting 10 sacks out of him. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get you a whole lot of pass rush. I do think he'll be able to stick in the games uh, on third down. And I think he'll be useful in like the stunts and games that they want to do up front that they've kind of added in since switching over to this scheme. Um, but I, I think that the guys that you're expecting to be your sack producers are the same ones that you would have expected coming into the year. It's Chris Jones, it's Frank Clark. I think you can add Tershawn Wharton into that mix, and then whoever your next defensive end is going to be, those are the guys that you're expecting the pass rush from. And Jaron Reed will clean things up if the quarterback comes inside of the pocket, but those are the guys that are going to get the majority of those sacks. All right. I know, sir, do we know you agree? Um with me and so uh uh i appreciate that and um you don't even have to say it it's written it's written all over your face and your silence that you believe that jaron reed is an imposter all right um listen to what 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 the people need to be listening to i know we got the post game show after the game tonight right steve yeah the arrowhead pride uh rapid reaction show is going live immediately following the Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings tonight. So make sure you're locked into our Twitter account as well as our YouTube page. We'll be live on both those places. So you guys can follow along. 
and the podcast will be up immediately following the post game show. By That's the right. way, I listened to that last week. It was awesome. And you guys are able to get the post game uh, interviews while you're on the air. It mm-hmm. was super clean. Great. Listen, highly recommended for anybody that's looking like if you're worried about, Hey, I want to hear Andy Reed after the game. You'll still get that by listening to Pete and Serta after the game. Highly recommend checking that out. It was even great when it wasn't live. I came back to watch it because I was watching CM Punk make his return uh, to AEW but I came back to watch it and CM Punk will probably be on there again uh, this Friday so it should be fun as well again but uh, no you all did a great job um, and uh, you had a really nice shirt on Steve not not tonight but you had a really nice yeah no not tonight uh, we're not live tonight yeah I know it I look good I know I do alright that is us show and BK on the Chiefs every Friday make sure you're catching it we are uh, we getting closer and closer to the regular season, and this is going to be fun all year long. We are out. <laughs>